Hey everyone, it's These Nuts. We are absolutely nuts about all things real estate. Whether you're buying, selling, or borrowing, we cover the topics that matter to you, and even the ones you didn't know you needed to be concerned with. We are your hosts, Shane Hollenbach, nationally recognized mortgage lender, and Jason Crittenden, one of the highest ranked realtors in all of Arizona. Jason, why does that matter? Well, because we have some advice, we have some experience, and we believe you should pay attention. And do we have any promises? We do. We'll keep it short and sweet. We'll pump out quality daily content covering real estate questions you've been dying to ask for about selling a home, buying a home, or how to get financed. You have questions? We have answers. All right, folks, we are back. And uh, hey, we cut our last episode not short. It was five, six minutes long which is pretty standard for these real estate nuts. But we uh, I didn't want to get off topic, but I definitely wanted to get into a new kind of realm, uh, Shane. I, um, and by the way, I am on vacation in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, and uh, with my family in a hotel room recording this episode. And I had to call Shane on the phone <laughs> in order to do this because you are not on vacation with me, are you, Shane? I am not. I'm hiding in my closet <laughs> because I don't want noise throughout the rest of the house. Yeah. So I'm bringing this up just in case uh, this is your first episode this week. You, uh, If you hear any noise in the background, the uh, family's watching TV, and uh, I apologize about that. Hopefully it sounds pretty clean. Uh, I'll be totally honest. If I could toot our own horn, I feel like our audio is almost better than any podcast I ever listened to. So, um, <laughs> so it'll probably be all right. It, yeah. So even our, even our, uh, B game, I think is better than a lot of people's a game with the audio, but anyway, yeah. um, so we were kind of getting into rates and about whether people are thinking about stuff and, and then all of a sudden they miss a rate or they miss a house because they were thinking while someone else was uh, writing offers. And, um, yep. I think that the title of this episode is going to be, is the market about to implode? Because I'm getting a lot of people that are, I mean, you see the stock market, not crash, but, you know, drop a couple thousand points in a day. Um, coronavirus is all over the news. People are like self-quarantining themselves. I mean, a lot of kind of yeah. bizarre stuff. People happening. are buying toilet paper. We know that. Yeah, if they can find it. And um <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, like, I, I, you know what? It's funny is I think uh, pretty soon we'll start seeing offers on houses that are like, I'll give you 10000 over list price plus like uh, 48 packs of Charmin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the next level. Um, I've got Purell and Charmin. I've got Purell and Charmin. <laughs> I'll don't have, I don't have earnest deposit, but I do have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think each roll is worth 100 bucks. So, um, but anyway, um Man, people are acting like I actually have people tell me all the time, like, hey, I think I'm just going to hold off on buying a house uh, because I think the market's about. No, no, I'm sorry. They don't say I think the next crash. They're waiting. Yeah. There's I'm just going to wait for the crash and then we're going to buy low. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and what you just said is very important. You called it the crash. Yeah. Like it like it happens like it's every somehow, 10 years. It's already it's already a titled event. <laughs> it, it, it had it had never happened before in this way. The so, closest thing that we had. Before that was in the '80s during the savings and loan crisis, and that was that was a mess. But that was an institutional mess. Mm -hmm. And then before that was the depression. Yeah, yeah, this totally. This is not something where people just kind of have bad memories and just wait for the crash, like the winter or the summer. Totally, it's crazy. Well, yeah. okay, so anyway. but but I think what people people have you know their recent memory was back in the mid 2000s. Um, we had the housing bubble, right? And and then yep. we saw huge. I mean, people lost half their equity. Um, but there was a lot of things that were different then than there are now. Right. So people, uh, here, so let's talk about some similarities. So, and this is why people are starting to get freaked out. 
prices of houses are, are just rising like very quickly that at least they feel like it. Right. Um, they feel like it. Yeah. yeah Cause I don't want to say unequivocally cause I haven't picked up the data and I do know that on, on, if you put a graph in, in a straight line that marks, you know, the graph, you will see that the, the prices mid two thousands were going up and then they crashed and then they came back up. But if you, if you kept going with that line, it would be about where we are now. So these prices yeah. actually are where they're supposed to be. Um, but there are, there is some things happening right now that aren't normal um, where we're getting people paying, and this is very, very common all of a sudden, we're getting in the last couple of months here in Phoenix, Arizona, we're getting people that will waive appraisal contingencies that um, they'll go. What does that mean? Well, so if a, let's say a house is worth or are listed at 350000 which is what the agent says, hey, based off of comparable listings in the neighborhood, I, this is what I think your house is actually worth. Yep. So they'll list it for three fifty, and someone will say, "I'll give you a three seventy-five, which normally means nothing because if it doesn't appraise for, you know, over three fifty, then now you got to come up with either the the money, which most buyers can't or won't, um, or you have to drop the price to three fifty. So I always tell my sellers, like, just because they offered more doesn't mean you're getting more. Um, yeah, there's a chance, but doesn't mean you are. But they're they're waiving the appraisal contingency, which means they're guaranteeing I'll give you the difference. In other words, they'll come out of pocket yeah. with the difference. So there's some, but so that is, that's like the market a lot before. Of exposure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's creating new comparables, right? Because once that closes for 375, it's literally a closed comp. Now it's a comp. So yeah. it's, it's in my opinion, artificially inflating the values, which is scaring people. They're like, Oh, the crash is coming. Like people are, you know, artificially inflating, but the difference, Shane, you, you talked about this. These are legit buyers this time. Um, they're just coming yeah. out of pocket with, with cash for the difference, but they, they're real buyers with real loans that really do qualify in real money and before, yeah. Talk yeah. about that. Talk about what happened before and what kind of loans, uh, well, it was what, kind of the wild west and it wasn't all the subprime stuff. The subprime stuff was probably more than, um, there was there was kind of three things that was that we were lending on. There was the traditional loans, the Fannie Freddie, FHA, although those kind of took a back seat because then it turned into this alternative or alt A. It's alternative A paper was the was the type of a loan, right? Um, or the the type of paper that it was, and it basically that's where like the stated income loans came from, uh, the bank statement loans. They're they're not so, and stated income was literally like. Here, write down on this paper, sir, how much you make, and then sign it. Exactly. It would just, you would state your income, the income wouldn't be verified. Yeah. They were credit score driven. But then you would get into the subprime stuff. And, you know, where, where traditional loans or conventional loans, and then you've got Alt A, so it's alternative A paper. Yeah. Those are considered prime, right? And then you have this thing called subprime. And then subprime was like, I just got out of bankruptcy yesterday. I don't, I don't have two nickels to rub together and I think I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. Yeah. Can I get this house? But I got, but, you know, and Shane, there was another house? huge difference. Like right now, I'm, I'm most of the pre-qualifications I see are, are going to be VA, conventional, FHA, uh, fixed rate, 30 year mortgages. Okay. Yeah. Those were, those were, uh, negative amortization loans, pick a payment program. Those Dude, were, so uh, adjustable rate. And tell with, people what that means. Know, so a neg am loan means. What? It means that if you started out with a $200,000 loan amount, you could actually make a payment that was lower than the requirement to, to service that debt. So in other words, lower and, than the principal and interest. Actually, and there was so, no principal. There was no principal. You would just you know pay the interest. 
And then, and then anything lower than the interest that was due would get tacked onto the back. And that's why they call it negative amortization. So it's like now you, you owe would, 201 would, and then 202 exactly, and 203. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And then and there was so a lot of interest only reason, stuff too. The reason why that, why the interest only and the neg am were popular is because at that time, you remember it was also, um, occupancy was not that big of a deal. Yeah. I'm going to buy an investment property. Okay. If I can qualify for one because of stated income or no doc, meaning no income, no assets, just rely on a credit score. Yeah. With the credit score requirements started out high and then they just got lower. Um, we were literally seeing people buying five and 10 houses at a time. School bus okay? drivers. School bus drivers buying five and 10 houses at a time. And the reason why they were doing it, they were going in with little to no money. The seller was paying all the closing costs. They were doing negative amortization loans or, or, or short-term arm interest only because it didn't matter if they were going to tack on over the course of four months or six months, they were going to tack on $10,000 on each loan. The properties were appreciating at 50, 60, $70,000. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then they would just sell it to the next guy and they would pocket the 30 grand, except they would pocket it five and 10 times over. Yeah. Right. Until so you couldn't, a lot of people made a lot of money and they didn't really have the means. It was it was literally monopoly and funny money. Yeah, that's what was happening, and that's what was driving up the prices. Because there was an endless supply of money, there was an endless supply of qualifying. Right, you could. It didn't matter. You could just qualify. You want a loan, you get a loan. Everybody gets a loan. And um, <laughs> Oprah was giving out loans. <laughs> to Oprah was giving out loans. Yeah. And and then and then you had this endless supply of housing. Because I don't know if you remember. I can't remember what year you moved here. Um. There were hammers getting hit everywhere in Arizona, yeah. everywhere. And so there was this endless supply of everything. And there was only so many people, right? Yeah. So what happened was when it crashed, it's not that all of these people like today, like if there's a crash today, you've got one family that typically owns one home, right? Yeah. And then they get displaced. They, get, they, they give up the house, but they have to live somewhere. So you can trade an owned property for a rental property. Yeah. But when you have, when you've got thousands of people that, that frankly, a lot of them didn't even live here, right? That when they tap out, they're tapping out on 10, 15, 20 houses. That's one person that had a failure. That's 20 houses on the market. Yeah. And then there was all those other people that had two year arms or three year arms. And when those adjusted, you know, it, that their payment, they couldn't afford it. Um, there was just a yeah. lot of stuff that was going on back then that is not All of these like things, this market. They just, they just don't exactly. And so what makes it different and where, where I kind of get a little bit like irritated by the crash that's coming is the ingredients for that cake. We don't have those ingredients anymore. See what I'm saying? I totally it's agree. Just, it's, it's just not, it's, it's, so it's not real. There's no basis for that thought process other than uh, rhetoric and water cooler. Yeah. Right. Taking taking advice from the mechanic on on your four hundred one k. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so that's again, that's not exactly what you asked me, but that's kind of the backstory. Yeah. Um, what we have now is we've got rates. You know, we also had a high rate environment, and when I say high, it wasn't high, but I do remember in two thousand seven before the crash, I closed on my house after I got married, and uh, I think I took. I, I was participating in this crazy market. I did full qualifying. I always did that because it was just weird to lie. It just, you know what I mean? Yeah. For I sure. knew that if I could afford it, I could afford it. If I didn't, couldn't afford it, then I didn't want it. 
And uh, so I never did one of those funny loans, but I don't care. It, it, it's not high horse thing. It's just for me, it wasn't a, a good risk. But I did a 10 year fixed rate arm. So it wouldn't adjust for 10 years. And the reason why I did that, why I was okay with the adjustable rate, I still think adjustable rate uh, mortgages have plenty of room. Uh, average consumer sells their house in every five to seven years or refinances every five to seven years. And a lot of times, usually three to five. Yeah. And so and a fixed rate arm in a five or a seven year or a 10 year range is just like a regular 30 year fix. Yeah. I hear um, you. And, and so I did that 10 year arm, but I did it interest only just to have that flexibility because I also am in an up and down income. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a six and a quarter for an arm. Yeah. So when we're talking about like low rates, when we're in the threes, it's just insane. That's, that's, we're literally it's almost free money. half. It's almost free money because we are at half where we were pre-crash. Yeah, totally. With, with all of the checks and balances in place for qualifying ability to repay all that stuff. Yeah. So we're not having a crash, Jason. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, let's sign this one off. And my final question is Shane, is the market about to implode? This market is not going to implode, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to us. Hopefully that uh, kind of explained, uh, you know, then and now and why we unequivocally do not believe that there's any kind of crash coming anytime soon. So, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow on another episode of These Real Estate Nuts. And that's solid gold. Yes, if you live in Arizona and you're looking to buy or sell or get a mortgage or refinance, we'd love to earn your business text loan to 602-975-2772 to reach Shane about buying or refinancing strategies. Text HOME to Jason at 602-975-2772 if you're looking to sell or buy in Arizona or if you need a referral for out of state from my expansive national network. Guys, thanks for listening. Catch these real estate nuts on the flip side.